Welcome to the podcast series, Talking Success. Today, we are fortunate enough to be joined by Ikechuku Ukeke, who is the CEO of Paylot Technologies. Paylot is a cryptocurrency payment solution based out of Nigeria that enables merchants to collect payments from anyone, anywhere around the world in a cheaper, faster, and more efficient way using cryptocurrencies. They believe there is a better way to payments, a cheaper, faster, and safer way that is not limited by border. Thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. How have you been? I've been so much. I've been so great. Uh, Thank you, Catherine, for inviting me. I'm excited to be with you here. We like to just kind of dive straight in and would be great for you to tell us a bit more about your career journey, sort of how you started in fintech, <laughs> being a little bit later than a lot of others around 2017. And, um, and, and you know, having, having been on this journey, uh, maybe for a little bit less than a lot of others, just let us know how you've already made such a big impact. Okay. Um, so um, you've already introduced my name and uh, my portfolio. But um, I've always been a business guy, you know, right from when I was small, when I was in, mm-hmm. um, in school, for a little as primary school, I've always been a business guy. I was flipping, you know, selling stuff. Mm. Uh, I, even at the university, I was flipping real estate, you know, land some properties. So I've always been a business guy. So, um, and that mm-hmm. motivated me to do all the things that I've been able to achieve, you know, towards my career. My first um, intro to tech was when I started building an e-commerce um, in 2016. So uh, I was building uh, mm-hmm. a kind of um, an e-commerce direct directory, you know, more like a, a contact, a, a contacts book, but for e- e-commerce. You know, you have your contacts on your iPhone or maybe your mobile phone. And then whenever you're looking for someone details, you could always find it. Now, so we noticed that sometimes, you know, people merchants or people that sell in bulk or people that retail find it difficult to get some access to subsidies because they don't know where it's been sold. So we wanted to be more like a director for everything e-commerce where you can easily see what, you're build, where, what you want to buy and then be able to mm. purchase it. So that was what I was building when I was introduced to Bitcoin um, in 2016, last quarter of 2016. It was okay. very fascinating. Yeah, I, 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 I saw with my eyes what you could be able to ch- achieve I could be in Nigeria and send payment to someone in the United States and then it gets settled immediately and the person is able to see. I know this didn't work because I've always tried, you mm-hmm. know, um, um, stuff like Western Union, you know, trying to make payment and then there are so much limitation. It takes a lot of time mm-hmm. and the charges are ridiculous. The rates are not real time. So I experienced, uh, what I experienced when I was introduced to Bitcoin was a real globe, a, a, a real game changer, you know, and then I started evangelizing. I started talking to people about it and then went uh, ahead and then started getting people's opinion. And then most of the um, opinions, most of the resistance I got is I cannot be able to spend this money like I can spend, you know, my um, my um, fiat. And then that was how I said, okay, we can build a solution around it. I went on to start mm-hmm. to build a payload payload.co, which it's a payment gateway to allow people be able to make payments in cryptocurrency, allow merchants to accept a multiple form of cryptocurrency as payment from people who use it mm-hmm. and why we remit them, you know, to them in Naira, into their direct bank account, same day, same day settlement. So that was my journey. That was how I started my, um, my fintech journey. So in 2017, we started building a product 
and by 2018, mm-hmm. it was ready. And then we launched it to the market. And then we started offering merchant services. You know, we, we started offering them API, payment links, um, invoice solution so that they could build their clients, you know, their customers who are abroad, maybe who are in diaspora and who cannot pay them, you know, um, with their local currency. They could build them and say, okay, we heard that um, crypto is accessible everywhere in the world. You can pay us with Bitcoin. You can pay us with Ethereum with this link, and then we'll get um, we'll get it into our bank account same day, and then we can be able to close business the very same day. So that was that was that was the beginning. No, and then, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So we we kept on pushing it, and then you know when you are when you are building in a in a um in a space that is new, a space that is very much innovative, and um a space that you so much believe in. It's natural. It's a natural, um, it's a natural thing that um, you're going to, if you keep it up, if you put up a lot of hard work and a lot of innovation, you are going to be generally successful with it. And then you are going to be more successful than others, you know, doing things the traditional way. Because um, we're talking about the new method, the smart money. So that is just it. And that is how it has been so far. And how would you say the adoption of cryptocurrency has been in Nigeria, you know, from your experience? Okay, the adoption is great so far. Like in Nigeria, we okay, have, awesome. we have, we have, um, Nigeria is one of the, like I'm say top 10 in, when, in countries that trade cryptocurrency, mm, you know. Yeah, like this global, you know, the numbers have been published everywhere. Everybody knows that, even on Google Trends, if you check Google Trends of the most such people that search Bitcoin the most, you see Nigeria there in top three as far back. I saw the future early when I started building this company. It was not that popular. Mm-hmm. It's only available to the big guys, you know, people, the intellectuals, yes. people that people that um are research, and then the big guys, you know, people that are able to travel. Most of the people that I know that own Bitcoin then are you know big investors or big um big um. Uh, civil servants or big politicians that are able to travel to Europe and then, you know, yes. maybe they went to a seminar and heard about Bitcoin. It was not available to the common, the common people didn't even know the knowledge. But I saw this. I knew yes. that this was going to make an impact to the finance, to the f- finance sector and then to um, the e-commerce sector. So I started building on that. And then I saw the future. I know that, um, um, that this is going to be a big thing. So, but the adoption then, the adoption then was um, was not was not very impressive. Uh, we because there was not a lot of people. We were building a futuristic product. There was not a lot of people that was aware. We kept on meeting a lot of merchants, both um, you know big merchants, the online merchants, and then um, mm-hmm. um, physical merchants. You know people that we know that sell to customers that are even abroad. And then they'll be like, uh, I've heard about Bitcoin, but uh, I don't think uh, I would want to accept it as a payment option. Now. I will tell them, you know, more ways of accepting payment is always a good thing because there is a customer of yours that uses Bitcoin and then he might want to pay you with Bitcoin. So if you have it as an additional payment option, it will always be good thing. But, you know, when something is not that popular, some people might, you know, want to wage against it. So we had issues with adoption. In the beginning, that's a, yeah. I would imagine in the beginning, people were a bit reluctant, and then as they saw more people using, you know, using it, and it was becoming more widespread, they they warmed to it, maybe. Yeah. So, so what we what we have, uh, what we experienced is an evolution. 
you know, from no demand to a lot of people demanding for the services now because Bitcoin is so popular. It's everywhere now. It's everywhere now. And a lot of businesses want to be involved. We are not just having merchants, businesses who want to accept it as payment option. We are also even having people who want to, businesses, companies who want to convert their balance sheet to Bitcoin, you know, you know to money wow. that they can control and all that. So there have been a lot of evolution. And then I'm happy that my company was situated uh, um, in front of it. And then we have been able to, you know, take our own markets. So adoption has, um, it was really slow in the beginning, but now it has picked up uh, a lot of traction. Going back to sort of the e-commerce space that you've obviously been in for a few years now, sort of how do you see the, the future of e-commerce in Nigeria growing and sort of opening up opportunities really? Uh, e-commerce is big in Nigeria. And then it's something that I think that will be even way much bigger in Nigeria. It will be way more bigger in Nigeria. Okay, so, um, you know, when I, when I started e-commerce, I didn't go ahead to start building an e-commerce solution. I started selling my, I started selling as a merchant. That is why I was able to discover some issues, you know, the merchants will experience. And then I was able to build a payment service around it. I started selling as a merchant on some e-commerce website, you know. So I knew that most of the money when I, that I made in school was me flipping things, not just, you know, properties, but mm. products, you know, physical things, uh, you know. So I understand that e-commerce is one of the basic, you know, um, economic, um, strong, uh, economic backbones in Nigeria. But it's going to be even be way bigger than that because what we have noticed in Nigeria, for instance, are people setting up small companies, small manufacturing companies. You know, all the things that we used to okay. import, you know, some people have, you know, come together and then they said, we can produce this with local materials. You know, like we have one of the biggest, you know, shoe factories. I, I can know that, I know that we have one of the biggest shoe markets. In, in Africa, but we have it in Abba, a, a small town in Nigeria. You know, these guys produce a whole lot of footwears that they even import. Mm. You know, and then you you see them. Um, you see sometimes, so most of the brands that you see in Nigeria that are being sold as maybe Gucci, um, all these popular brands. They are not even from there. They are produced from Abba. So and then you you see that you see these products when you travel out to Nigeria. You know, to some maybe neighboring African countries. Even over uh, across Africa, you see some of these products that we are heavily, uh, you know, uh, exported from Nigeria. So e-commerce, we it's already evolving in Nigeria, and then we what we have noticed is um also it's a lot of merchants not just selling their products to physical customer, you know, in their physical shop. We have noticed a lot of merchants opening websites, getting across um, yes. e-commerce um, solutions, you know, to be able to access to a broader wide of customer range. You know, they want to sell to mm. anybody anywhere in the world that can pay them an att- uh, attention. So it's picking up really fast. We have noticed the numbers increase. Mm-hmm. You know, we have noticed the numbers increase. And then, yeah, there's um, a lot of opportunity, of course. There is a lot of opportunities because now with this, with this evolution that has happened, we, we, that is where we find our market. We have um, PSPs, you know, for different kind of um, currencies. We, we have PSPs, payment service platforms, providing um, yes. payment um, uh, um, solutions for them in their local currency, in Naira. We have also PSPs that are providing um, 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 solution for them in dollars, in euros. And we also have PSPs like us that are providing solution for them in crypto, for people who want to buy p- mm, crypto. Of course. It's not just about that. We also have um, people like lending platforms 
we, we have um, trade financiers, we have um, um, hedging companies. We, we like, It has already created a whole lot of opportunity for different players. We have the macro finance mm-hmm. bank, we have the micro lenders. And this is because this um, e-commerce has, you know, gone beyond um, physical shops, you know, and then into um, an online presence. Because before now, it's not even possible that someone that is selling um, clothes materials in maybe in a market like in Kwa, in Kwa Neri, you know, will have access to a, a company, you know, would even know about the company that um, is offering micro loans. But because these guys have, you know, taken their products, you know, just from selling from physical shops to online, these companies that are offering micro loans or offering, you know, whatever they are offering, are able to see them and then are able to, you know, showcase their services to them, advertise to them. And then it mm-hmm. has grown the, um, it has grown the, um, the, 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 the rate at which, um, e-commerce activities are being performed in Nigeria. So the future is very great. Uh, it's, and it's creating even more opportunities mm. for fintech and global players. No, of course. And especially, like you say, in the cryptocurrency space. In the cryptocurrency space, especially. I, I know cryptocurrency guys are, are huge spenders, so they're always looking for things to buy. <laughs> amazing, amazing. But then how, so how is this really shaking it up with the the, the traditional banking sector? Um, I mean, it would be great to understand, you know, you know, you've had really great business growth so far. Um, and how does that really shake it up with the traditional banking service? Okay. Um, the traditional banking service is, is, is affected, you know, in last year. So, um, last year we launched a product. Um, it's, um, a, 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 a daughter product of, um, 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 of payload technologies, we call it OBX Africa. It's an if it's a one page off ramp for crypto for people to get off to crypto, off crypto to Nera, you know. So and then the product was going really well, you know. Um, we launched it as a forum just to see how it would go, and then the numbers we were picking, we are too much, we are amazing, but we experienced an issue, you know, around middle <laughs> of last year, the CBN passed a circular to that banks and PSPs should stop supporting cryptocurrency companies to be put. So because they noticed there have been a threat. So what actually happened is um, one of the reasons, uh, you know, we, you know, I'm still speculating, but one of the, it's like, it's, it's, it's glaring. One of the reasons is that, you know, effects, <laughs> that banks have been doing, you know, normally, traditionally, when people that are abroad want to send money home, they go, they go through banks. They go through banks, but this has not been favorable yes. to them because um, the high rates, um, the the poor rates, I mean the poor rates, and then the fees, high fees, and then the the long um, mm. settlement times, you know. But since the the popularity of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin in Nigeria, the the tides have changed. You know, we we see these people using Bitcoin, sending Bitcoin to exchanges in Nigeria. Why these exchanges credit their people? So um, we noticed a drop in 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 forex. In the, the banks are, pro, are processing from almost 50 something billion to around 2. something billion. Like it's a huge drop. They felt a lot, uh, they felt threatened a lot. And it's not just that, it's not just that that is changing. It's not just FX, the way people do Forex that is changing. The way, it's not just the way people do remittance, sending money or send that money that is changing. It's the way people even hold their money. Because now we noticed that um, a lot yes. of people, instead of keeping their money in the, in the bank, 
with the high rate of inflation that is happening in Nigeria right now, they prefer to keep their money, you know, without these crypto mm. startups. So we, we, after the CBM ban, OBX of Africa evolved to OBS of Finance, which is more like a crypto digital bank. So it's an exchange plus a crypto digital bank. Okay. And then we, what we offer people, we offer people swap across different cryptocurrencies from um, volatile coins to stable coins. And then um, we offer them uh, other services like um, interest on deposit. Um, uh, we offer them dollar cards and um, we offer them um, different other services. So it's an exchange plus a crypto digital bank. And now we notice a high influx of um, registrations. It's been four months already. Mm-hmm. And in these four months, we've had 4,500 users sign up on the platform. Wow. And then we have had a total yeah. swap of um, about, um, as of this morning, our numbers in, in, in terms of trades, we have had a total trades of over $55 million in four months alone. Not just that. Wow. This is That's just amazing. about the trades. And then when we're talking about, um, when we look at uh, the assets that are under management, it's huge. It's running in millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So what we have also noticed wow. is people are pulling their money from that, from, from banks and then, you know, Additional. They want to keep it in, mm. yeah, from traditional bank. They want to keep it in some of these crypto startups. And that is why crypto startups in Nigeria are doing so much well. And you see companies like Yellowcard raising $15 million, you know, in their Series A. You see other companies doing so massively because the tides are changing. The tides are changing, you know. So the traditional banking is being threatened. Mm. And um, some of them are waking up to it. And then some of them are looking around blockchain and cryptocurrency and how to get involved. That is why we have companies like Binance, you know, when they declare the profit they've made in a year, it's way, 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 way more bigger than banks that have been around for centuries. Yes. I remember you did say, you know, your growth comparatively. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is exciting. Yeah. And then it's an exciting time to be in the space. And um, let's talk a little bit more about the people that don't have access to financial services. Um, you know, there's obviously a huge amount that are unbanked and, you know, what, what opportunities is it offering these people, would you say? Money is all around us and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Okay, uh, I think um, what crypto has done also it's um, give power, give leverage to these people that are unbanked. You know, crypto is so yes. easy that so far you have an internet, so far you have a mobile phone that can access the internet. That is all you have, or that is all you need, you know, to be um, banked or to be financially involved. Mm. And a crypto has become so um, crypto has become so sophisticated in Africa, in Nigeria per se, that um, a lot of companies are built around it. We have companies that will help you get 
unwrapped to crypto, even if you have cash to pay, even if you don't have a bank account and you have cash, but you want to okay, get into that's crypto. Good. We have companies even offering these services. So we have companies, if you want to get off ramp, we have companies that will help you get off ramp. If you want to swap from one crypto to another, that is even what OBX is doing. You know, If you want to use your crypto to buy a product online, that is what Payload is helping you know, merchants and customers do. So um, what these crypto mm-hmm. companies have done, it's they've made their services, they've made sure that their services are available even to the unbanked places. Like I told you, you know, earlier. So sometimes, you know, what banks do, it's that they focus, the they focus concentration, they focus their services at the highest places, you know, the much developed places, because that is where they think that the money is, or that is where it seems like the money is. The money is there. That is why they focus that they build their branches there as much as as many as possible. But then, you know, the small small other communities, you know, they kind of abandon them. And what um, all this um, digital banking, you know, digital crypto banking has done is to make sure that they push their product even to these small, small places. They don't need an office to operate. You know, it's crypto. They don't even need um, you to be at a physical place, you know, for them to operate. So they keep on pushing. And then with crypto, like what we have noticed, we have seen people be able to send money from you know, maybe from the U.S. to their people, even in the local communities. So cryptocurrency in Nigeria has helped bank a lot of people. It has helped, you know, make sure that a lot of people have access to financial services, has access to finance, has access to liquidity. And um, the traditional banking cannot beat that. And then in the future, five years from now, 10 years from now, it will be even way more bigger than what we are seeing. No, that's exciting. And what would you say has been one of the keys to your current success and, and how things have been sort of going? Oh, it's just basically persistence. We, we, we kept on persisting and okay. then we kept on evolving. It was, it, was, it was frustrating at first. We built a product that we need, like that we know. We did this for Machan. We knew that oh, this could help them cut cost. This could help them sell more. And this could help them mm. be able to complete more businesses. This would even give them more customers. Like when we are building the product, we have the merchants in mind and then the user, the customers in mind also. We, we are not concerned about our profit. Yes. We are not concerned about any other thing. We just want to help merchants sell outside. And it was frustrating when you approach some of these merchants. They are reluctant you know, to use the product because then it was not very much popular. So we, we, we experienced that a lot. We even approached some big companies, which uh, I would may not want to um, mention their names, but you know they'll be like, um, no, but when we think about it, when we want to accept. So we, we, this, we experienced a lot of noise. You know, it was difficult to sell the product at that time. Uh, so it was frustrating. And then we could have easily gone, given up. From 2017, we started uh, picking a lot of traction mm. in 2020. So three years, we kept on um, evolving the product. We kept on talking to the same people over and over again. So when mm-hmm. when we talk to the same people and then they're insistent that they are not going to use the product. So what we did is that um, we started looking for more futuristic companies, not like um, companies that have been a lot, uh, not like traditional. We started looking at more companies like startups. We started talking to startups 
people that we know that uh, that they know what is happening in this space, and then they are more open to innovation. We started talking to them, and they started. They were the ones that started coming in. We talked to companies like Daba. Daba, it's um, it's an online school, and then with with our payment yes. gateway, he has been able to sell to more than you know thirty country. And then he doesn't need to worry himself. All those people pay, all those people from those quarantines pay in crypto. And then he gets courses delivered to them. So we started talking to futuristic companies, you know, innovative companies, startups, and then they started coming around. So we also started encouraging other um, other crypto enthusiasts, people that we know in this space, to launch their own solutions across different markets so that they can be able to implement our own gateway you know, our payment gateway. And then we also started looking at behavior of people who are using um, cryptocurrencies. And that is why what led us to launch OBX. And OBX has had a whole big amount of success. Like it's crazy what our volume is in four months. And I'm sure that in four months, what we have been able to achieve in four mm. months, a lot of companies that have been around for years that are very popular, and that has a lot of money in their pocket, has not been even been able to achieve that. And all this was done bootstrap. We have not um, raised any money from um, anybody. And then we are not even interested That's in raising amazing. money from anybody right now. We bootstrapped Bupaylog yeah. and OBX. <laughs> we, we bootstrapped them and then we make sure that we, we have a staff strength of more than 20. And then we make sure that everybody is comfortable and everybody enjoys working with the company. So it's just persistence. It's just persistent, really. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't give up. Neither any of my mm, team no, guys. That's amazing. Yeah, so we just didn't give up. We were, we were there. <laughs> and, and then we have like, we have like more than, like more than 5,000 users now, you know, using what we, what we, what we, what we built and then, you know, ready for us to give them even way more features. No, that's fantastic. I mean, the future certainly sounds like it's in the sort of uh, smart money space. So we, I think our listeners will be very excited to watch the space. And um, yeah, but thank you so much for your time. Um, and, and it was really great to sort of hear a bit more about ha what's happening in the space, particularly in Nigeria right now and the, the, the awesome growth that's happening. And also to sort of hear about your journey. Um, so thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. I'm so grateful like um, that I was able to you know, talk with you. And then um, I'm hoping that we'll talk again soon, maybe in some months to come. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll be so much interested in to share <laughs> the progress so far. You know, Just keep an eye on us. Thank you so much, Ikecheku. And um, we definitely will. And should any of our listeners want to reach out and connect with you, where is the best place for them to do that? Okay, so they could mail us at um, hello at um, payload.co. That is a place they could reach us at you know, hello at payload.co or maybe support at payload.co. And then we'll have someone get back to them immediately. And then if they want to talk about partnerships. And also obviously LinkedIn as well. Yes, LinkedIn. They could also contact us on LinkedIn. You know, our profile is on LinkedIn. Brilliant. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this week's episode, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. Please follow us on LinkedIn under Talent in the Cloud, or if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your fintech team, or you yourself are looking for an exciting change in your career, please check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.